Lovely. Wow. We, we really thank God uh, <laughs> for this time that we are able to... Oh, some people are still coming. Okay. All right. Uh, we really thank God for this time that we are able to meet together as a church. And uh, I mean, without having to do two services. And I could tell the excitement that everyone had when Mark said, you can talk for 90 seconds. People want to go, wanted to go for 90 minutes. That was awesome. So I will share the word of God, and then after this, we will fellowship and talk and catch up with some people we haven't seen in a long, long time. Uh, today, I have an interesting... Uh, I, I always like to think that my sermon titles are very interesting <laughs> because I just read a scripture, then I get a title from the scripture. So what literally happens is I'm just saying the scripture back to you as a sermon title. So I would like for us to talk about what we call anointing for good works, right? So anointing for good works. Uh, so this is, uh, this is found in the book of Acts. I know Mark has done great justice together with Joe, taking us through the book of, uh, of Acts. But one of the amazing things about the word of God is we can preach 100 sermons on one scripture as the spirit of God gives us revelation upon revelation. So anointing of good works. And I'm going to read from the book of uh, Acts chapter 10. Verse 38. Oh, maybe before I read, allow me to acknowledge uh, Christ Central as a church for awarding me this opportunity to always come and share the word of God. Sometimes I come here and share the word of God and think, Am I gonna, are they, they going to invite me ever again? <laughs> I don't hold back when it comes to the preaching of the word of God, right? Because it's the word of God. Neither do I want to do things intentionally to hurt or to to be mean to anyone. I am not God, I'm just a vessel. So sometimes when I preach, I just preach with all my mighty. The other time when I preached in the first service, I totally forgot that there was a second service coming and I was about to go home and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's me. So I want to thank you guys so much and I want to thank, you, thank the church leadership. I've been in Canada for a few years, but it feels like I've been here for 10 years. That's how I feel. I feel like I know you, God. You know you guys more. And I want to thank um, uh, my life group. I have such a supportive life group team, and I'm continuing to make calls. If you don't have a life group, please join one. Don't delay. I have such a wonderful supportive team that are helping me grow, helping me develop, and they're challenging me in many ways as an individual and as a family. And I also want to thank my wife. It's amazing. She was playing keyboard here and our two lovely daughters, they are growing taller, you know, every day. And I also want to thank our, my in-laws, they are in our Mideast, very supportive people. So, and everyone else who's so good to me and always prays and encourages me. So let's jump into the Word of God. The Bible says, How God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power how he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed 
and oppressed and sick by the power of the devil, for God was with him. Right. So, if you are not going to maybe get everything that I'm going to say or fully understand what I'm going to try and put across, I want to challenge us as a church to say, you know, when a church gathers like this, it's different from any political or any secular music gathering because we have an advantage of that we have God in our midst. The Bible says when two or three are gathered in my name, not passionate name, but in Jesus' name, he is there in their midst. He is in our midst. Now, so when we read the word of God here, the Bible says Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with what? With power. What did Jesus do? He went about doing good, healing all those that were sick, all those that were oppressed because God was with him. Now, you are probably thinking about maybe the following questions. What is the anointing? What does it mean to be anointed? We are going to try and address all that as we go through the word of God, right? So, if we are to quickly do a flashback, back in the days, they used to anoint people, right? For some of us who read the Bible and understand the Bible, you know that there was a time when King David, right? When David was about to be anointed king, right? Samuel went and looked for him, right? And then he anointed him. He took oil and poured it on his head, right? And he was anointed king. And immediately, the Spirit of God came upon him, and it set apart, and he became the king of Israel. Maybe you might be sitting here today and saying, Ooh, anointing, I am not a king, I'm using a very high comparison, you know. And they used to do that, again, for prophets, you know, or for priests. Maybe some people still practice that today. I nearly came up with what you call the canola oil just to demonstrate and say I'm going to anoint some people here, but I left it home. I was like, maybe I'm going to scare, scare some people here. <laughs> right. So it was a physical act involving the smearing, the rubbing, and the pouring of sacred oil on someone's head as an object of an outward symbol that God has chosen and set apart this person for a specific purpose. That's what the anointing was used for. And I was also trying to read about what the shepherds used to um, do to the sheep. You know, the shepherds back in the days used to also anoint the sheep, right? To protect them from certain diseases uh, and also to protect some of the sheep, especially the ram would fight. So they used to be anointed, right? So anointing for good works. Right, this is where, where, where we are we're coming from. So what does that mean? What does it mean to be anointed? And it to us, especially in this day and age, in this time and season, it means God is setting us apart. It means God has a purpose 
for each and every one of us who is seated right here, right now. Maybe when you look at yourself and compare yourself with other people, you might see a lot of shortcomings about your life. You might see yourself as not worthy. You might not see yourself as like, ah, I don't think I'm capable of this. I don't think I can do that. But I came to remind you today that as much as God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and that Jesus went about doing good, the same God has anointed you. Hello, church? Are we together? Oh, you guys are too serious. Am I making sense or I'm losing some of you here? Right. I am saying that God anointed Jesus. And then Jesus, let's, let's, take, let's do a flashback. When Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened up, right? And the Spirit of God came in the form of a dove. And a thunderous voice was heard. This is my sign by whom I am well pleased. Right? That was Jesus because he walked physically on earth. One, two. In case you are losing track, remember Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody else comes to me except, nobody else comes to my Father except through me. So meaning to say, when Jesus came on earth, as we were just moving from Easter, when we were reflecting on the life and the date of Jesus Christ. He came to show us the way. And one of the ways he came to show us was that we are anointed for good works. As a church, our main number one call is to do the works of Christ. Is to do not just general works, but the good works of Christ. If you read in Luke 4, verse 18, Jesus proclaimed and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has set me to proclaim to release of the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and to set free those who are oppressed. So when you, when you read that scripture, we realize that Jesus did not say, I, I am coming for the kings. He didn't say, I've been anointed to dine with uh, King Herod. I've been anointed to dine with the other king who persecuted him. Or I've been anointed to, to move around with Elon Musk, with the rich guys. No, he came for the poor. He came for the oppressed. He came for those who, did, who had lost hope, who never thought they could amount for something because that was the anointing of God that was upon him. Not that Jesus despised the rich. Remember, he preached to a rich guy too so that he could be saved, right? So somebody can be rich, somebody can have all the money, but the fact that they don't have Christ, they could still be oppressed. Hello, church? Are we moving together? Right. So God has anointed us, but there is a condition, right? There is a condition. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what happens? You are transferred from the kingdom of what? Darkness to the kingdom of light. So if you do not have that relationship 
with God. That means you might not have that anointing or that grace to do the works of Christ. What do I mean? I remember some, of the, some days or some years ago before I was served, you know, I was a totally different person. I don't know what salvation means for Canadians, but I was a totally different person. I've shared maybe some stories before that if maybe somebody at school did something mean, I'll be planning what to do back to them next. I'll be plotting, okay, my friend punched me or somebody stole this from me or somebody did this mean thing to me. I'll be like plotting, okay, what's my comeback strategy? How, how else can I hit them twice? I want, I'll be strategizing, okay? They punched me twice. I want to make sure I remove their front line, the teeth. <laughs> and that is not anointing for good works. Hello? Maybe in, in Canada, maybe in Canada there's good people. Maybe in Canada you don't have bullies. There are people in the community where I grew up. There are people in the school where I went to who would hurt you so deeply and you would want to cut off their leg. I'm beginning to scare some people. People are like, who did you get to preach to us today? But I want to show you, this is how raw sometimes you can be if you don't have Christ in you. So when I got saved, the Spirit of God came upon me. I felt the change. The people, some of you who, who have experienced the, the, way, the Spirit of God feeling you, who have experienced the anointing of God, can understand and agree with me. You feel that change. So when my friends started doing something mean, I would try to resolve the matters, the issues in Christ, in, in, in a Christ-like manner to say, I, I'm not going to hurt you, you know, but what you did to me wasn't nice. I remember when I was in high school, because I got saved when I was in high school, I remember one of my friends did something mean, and I said, you know what, uh, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to plot to destroy you. I'm not going to do something mean to you. You hurt me. I'm no longer that passionate that you used to be, like blah, blah, blah. I've changed. I forgive you. And at that point, I was like, wow. Some people would laugh at you and say, you're silly, or blah, blah, blah. But I realized it's is the fact that I had accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. His Holy Spirit dwelt in me. He was slowly changing me. He was slowly transforming me and turning me into another person so that I begin to do the works of Christ. Right? So you realize that as a church, for us to be able to go, I've been reading or seen a few articles where a lot of negative things, I'm sure all of us, in, most of you will agree with me, there's a lot of things that are being said about the church that are negative. And that's, that's when I stand up and say, no, I know the gospel that I signed up for. There's nowhere in the Bible where God says when somebody does something evil, go cut off their head or wage a war. It, the, the word of God encourages us to do the good things. When somebody is hopeless, the word of God says, give them hope. When somebody is discouraged, the word of God says, encourage them. When men are cast down, lift them up. When people are sick, bring them into the house of God. Pray with them. When people are in distress, 
encourage them, tell them that that's what I see when I ever read the Word of God. But for us to be able to do that, we need the anointing of God. Hello, church? We need the Holy Spirit to empower us. It doesn't mean that, yes, fair and fine, we've accepted Jesus Christ, we're in the church. It doesn't mean we cannot fail. We can still fail. But if we open our hearts to the anointing of God, He enables us to do the good works. Sometimes when you don't feel like being nice or you don't feel like coming to church or you don't feel like, but the fact that you have the anointing of God inside of you, it propels you. That's why maybe some of you maybe have seen some other people when we are worshiping, some people are raising their hands and they're, I'm not saying maybe that could be, maybe depend on your character. It doesn't mean everyone who raises his hands is more anointed than the other person. But it shows that there's something inside of you, right? That's pushing you, right? To, to, to just want to pour out your life to Christ. Why? Because that's the kind of thing that the anointing does for us. Maybe you are saying, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, how do I know that I'm anointed? You know? You are anointed because you, as long as you have accepted Jesus Christ, as I mentioned, you, have, you are anointed. But we can also sometimes, you know, be like that seed that was thrown in the, in the thorns or in the, where there are weeds and you feel surprised and you don't see that light of God. And then we can activate that, right? How do you activate that anointing of God inside you? Through continuous prayer some of the things that we know, right? So when there's a call for prayer, you respond and you pray. And the more you pray, the anointing of God that is embedded in you begins to manifest, right? Through continuous studying of the Word of God. And then you realize, oh, I can do this, right? I always like to think of the anointing of God maybe as somebody who drives a car, right? And you're driving a car and you're going on a long journey. The fuel might run out, right? And you need to stop at a garage and refill, right? So for us to keep the anointing of God in us so that we continuously do the good works, we need to get into a good routine, like we're talking about formation, of doing the right things, right? Of seeking God, you know? When, 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 when it's, even if you are not coming to church, even if you are by yourself, you just raise your hands and say, God, here am I. I want to know you more. I've talked about this before. Just being, creating those moments when you are hungry and thirsty for God. It's not a question of just waiting for every Sunday service, but it's a moment of waking, striving, and pushing yourself so that you continuously experience more of God so that you have more of his power. Are we together, church? Right. So, if we read um, the Word of God in book of Ephesians, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He prepared for us in advance to do. So, you realize that each and everyone, I'm here today standing and preaching. It doesn't mean everyone who's doing the good works must stand and preach. We each have all our duties. There are some people who are so good at reaching out or talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, right? 
There are some people who can do diverse work, encourage, and stuff like that. So we are, we are each, each and every one of us who is Christ-centered or who is a visitor today, I want to encourage you that we are the handiwork of God created in Christ Jesus to do the works which God prepared us in advance to do. So, I also want to touch on this. Why is it important for us to continuously realize the anointing of God upon us? Right? So that we can remain steadfast and not backslide. I've talked about this in, a, in my previous sermon, one of my sermons. That, so when we realize that we have the anointing of God, like if you notice what Jesus went through, the anointing for good works, how he went about doing good, Jesus was persecuted. Jesus was beaten. You know, all things that were bad were said upon him. But he never held back until he got to the cross and he hung on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. How many of us can do that now? If people are persecuting you and they've plugged the six inch nail on your hand. How many of us can do that? I'm not saying people should do that because Jesus already did that for us, but how many of us can do that? But Jesus showed that to us and I believe it was because what Acts 10.38 10, says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good. So sometimes I have seen pastors, I have seen people who were walking before us in the faith, strong people giving up. I'm not saying because they ran out of the anointing. I don't want to judge anyone or say I don't know their cases. But I believe that one of the things that can keep us moving forward, even when times are hard, is the anointing of God upon us. Hello, church. Are we still together? Right. So, one of the things, our intelligences, our plans, our strategies, our brilliances can fail us, but the anointing of God will not fail us. What are some of the things that the anointing of God can do or bring to the church? If we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about spiritual gifts, right? So when we have the anointing of God, the spiritual gifts become operational in the church. Hello, church. I'm seeing a lot of straight faces. I'm hoping we're, I'm hoping we're, toge we're still together. We, we, we begin to see the, the giftings of God being manifest. Have you ever asked yourself when you read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that talks about gifts of prophecy, gifts of healing, gifts of wisdom, you know, interpretation of tongues and everything. Have you ever asked yourself one thing? If ever, and say, why is this not happening in my life? I've asked myself that. And I've realized that we have. So the way I want to explain it, you know, some of us have received a, a bank card, right? Uh, maybe say a credit card, it could be Visa or a MasterCard, right? So 
if you don't activate it, they will give instructions, right? And then they say, if you want to use this card, go activate it in an ATM or whatever place. If you don't activate it, that card becomes useless. You can keep it for years and you can have a lot of money, but it will never be useful. Hello, church? So we need to activate that gifting in us. The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and with what? Trembling. So we have the anointing of God, like I've mentioned. You don't need to feel like you have to be a king. You don't need to feel like you have to be a prophet. But because you're a chosen generation, because you're a child of God, the anointing of God dwells inside of you. I like, I like what I've seen happening in our services, like the time when Gary preached, you know, when, when the Spirit of God is in this place and he calls people and you feel responding. Why? Because it just needs to be activated. So some of you might have been sitting on your gifts for the past 30 years. You have, a, you have been a Christian. But I'm here to encourage you today that yes, as much as we're saying that the anointing, you have the anointing of God, you need to play your part. Stand up and activate it. If you feel, because one of the things you realize, it's not Mark and Joe and many other leaders in the church who are supposed to be the only ones praying for, good, for, for sick people. It could be you. It could be you. But if you're sitting on that gift, you never realize it. So we need to activate it. And then we begin to see the working of miracles in the church. Though, and that is part of the good works. Remember where I started? Jesus healed everyone who was sick. Jesus healed everyone who was harassed. He delivered the oppressed. Those were the good works. Right? Jesus forgave. That was a good work. You know? So we need to, to make sure we activate that gifting that, that, that each and every one of us, God has given. I was so amazed if I saw right. I think I saw Aaron singing today as part of the worship team. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Right? And I will tell you, I didn't ask for permission for this. I might get in trouble when you get on, but that's all right. I will tell you, I have my father-in-law and my mother-in-law there. You know, one of the things I was scared about when Rebecca and I started going out, I was like, are they going to accept me or not? Because I've heard stories of people, maybe some parents will not say, oh, my daughter, maybe try from this side. My father-in-law and my mother-in-law are not preachers. You will never see them standing in front of the church preaching like what they're doing. But when I look at their lives, I see the anointing of good works at work. They accepted me as an African, as their child, and I'm part of the family. And I will tell you, for the years I've known them, I've never at any point felt, uh, oh, you know, and if they're hiding it, then they're good. Hello, church. So we anointed, we are anointed. Church, I want to, as if you're not getting any other thing that I'm saying, I want you to know that you are anointed. God has chosen you. There is the power of God inside of you. You just need to activate it. And we begin to do the good works. When the people are speaking ill of the church, when people are saying, 
all things that are bad about the church. We want to continue on the right track and not be carried away and keep on doing the, the works of God. And then those people will turn around and say, there is God in this place. The people who are writing negative reports about the church, the people who are saying the church is bad, things are like this. No, we are not, we are not a bad people. I might fail as an individual, but this gospel is a gospel of good works. It's a gospel of love, like I shared a few months ago. It's a gospel of hope. It is a gospel of transformation. But as a church of God, we must not sleep. The Bible says while they were sleeping, the enemy came and sought tears in their field. So if you have that gifting in you, if you have that, you just need to activate that anointing. Stand out, a step out of your comfort zone. Pray. If you feel, maybe if you see people being, there are people who are not feeling well and there's a call to, for prayer to pray for them, be there and you'll be amazed. Maybe there's somebody who has a gifting of working of miracles here, but you have been sitting anointing for good works. You don't have to be, we don't have to choose one and say, at Christ Central, we are only going to choose Taylor. And Taylor is the only anointed one. I want us to get that. All of us are anointed. But do you see it? Is the big question. What is the other thing that we were able to do? Jesus said, greater miracles than these you'll be able to do. Can I ask us a question? Have you ever seen anyone perform any greater miracle than the one that Jesus performed? Ever since Jesus left, I can see a response from uh, Kim and they're saying, no. Why is that? Did Jesus lie on his word? No. We need to stand up. Activate the anointing in us and begin to make it work. Some of the ways we activate the anointing is when we call an altar call, right? When people are called and we are prayed for and you're encouraged by the leadership, right? But what happens if it, you are not called for two and a half years? Like what just happened in the past two years reeling out of the COVID where we are not able to meet in person? That anointing still works. So we have that anointing of God in us. We have that power, right? We have that ability to, 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 to make a transformation or to change the world or to turn things around because Christ dwells in us. And then the other thing I want to t talk about is that we continuously become the light and the salt. We give tests. One of the things that I try to is that as much as I'm a Christian, I'm not afraid wherever I meet. Even I've lived in places where people don't like Christians. I've mentioned this before. But whenever I step in there, before I even announce that I'm a Christian, I want people to see that I can give hope. I want people to see the light in me. And when people see the light in you, and they see the saltness in you, they begin to wonder, who is your God? Who do you serve? It's only because of the anointing. I don't know what you understood today, church, as I was sharing the word of God and what you did not understand. But if you didn't understand anything, 
Remember, Acts 10.38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Jesus being God still had to be anointed. And you are also anointed. You are powerful as you are seated there. There's a lot in you that God, there's a lot of investment that God has put in you so that we bring a transformation in this world, so that we bring a change in this world. And that is the anointing for good works. When we feel like giving up, when we feel like there's too much friction, the anointing of God will come and catapult us and, and make us go. As I round up, I've been saved for how many years now? I think I'm going maybe 16 or 18 years. I remember the first few days, years in my life when I was saved. Many people used to tell me, oh, you're going to fall. You're going to faint. You're not going to make it. Then I said, no. If this God is real, if the Holy Spirit is in me, then I will keep on going. And that's what I want to say to us, church. For us to sustain the gospel, for us to keep doing the works of God, it's not by power, not by mighty, but it's by the Spirit of God. Can I invite you to stand, church? I don't know what you understood today. But I want us to do something as the worship team comes. If you can hold hands with three people, I just want us, or whoever is closest to you, and just pray for each other. Or maybe you are seated, just the two of you, or whoever is closest to you. We want to say, Spirit of God, breathe on your church. We want to say, Spirit of God, pour out your presence. We just want the, the Spirit of God to do it in our church so that we keep on doing the good works, so that the church will be known as what Christ wanted it to be because we have that anointing, we have that capability. So before the worship team starts singing, can we take some time, 30 seconds, just to pray? Can we pray? Pray for each other and say, God, activate, let the anointing in us begin to show the good works. As much as you did it in Jesus, do it for us. Shall we begin to pray, church? Come on, church, I'm not hearing you pray. Let's pray, let's pray. Let's pray, let's pray just for 30 seconds. Just for 30 seconds. Please make sure you are praying. Make sure you are saying something in Jesus' name. Make sure you are not quiet. Make sure you are saying something. We need the anointing of God as the church. If this gospel is going to make the difference, we need the anointing of God. We can't do it by our ability but by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray that you breathe on your church right now. I pray that your presence be mighty. God, I shared your word. I pray that you explain it better. I pray that you activate your anointing that is already in us so that we continue to do your good works in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, and I bless your name.
in Jesus' name. God bless you, church.